Let's find a background for this week. Maybe we'll do an audio-only intro if that's all I've got. Who knows? Those are okay, still. They're supposed to be extra content anyways. Fuck people. I just spit on my mic. Whoops. Hit that record button! everybody it's bill's day october the 12th 2020 and this is the fourth and wrong podcast i'm your host rj and joining me as always is keith say hi keith hi keith. how is it bill's day yo because i mean you know who's playing tonight tonight that's fair because it's definitely tuesday it's always tuesday yeah hey third third game since uh 1946 that's on a tuesday so there's a stat. There's a stat. There's a pointless stat. <laughs> Ding! That's one pointless stat for this podcast. We're going to keep a running stat of our pointless stats uh, to add oh, to our yeah. stat tracker of uh, points and stats. Of which there were many. It's the show where everything set it up and the points, um, I mean, they're very important, actually. <laughs> yeah, the points uh, they kind of define determine the whole, a winner. Yeah, they kind of determine the entire outcome of the sport. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's Monday's day. It's, it's Tuesday. They don't need, they yeah. don't need that big of a look behind the, no. behind the curtain. It's Tuesday, which means the Bills are playing tonight. Uh, hey, versus the smart, versus the Titans. <laughs> yeah. The smart boys out there can, uh, just look at the date and be like, nah, it's not Tuesday. He's bullshit. Like, Maybe don't call yourself you, smart boys though. Maybe pick a yeah. different moniker. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Bills are playing tonight. Uh, against the Titans, both teams still undefeated. Um, though one would say the Titans are taking an L to COVID uh, still currently. So twenty-two players last time I counted. I think it was was it players or was it players or, and coaches? Yeah, people associated with that. I think organization. it's yeah, yeah, people within the organization. Yeah. I think even more specifically, so it could just be like fucking facility members. It could be yeah. A trainer, but I heard most recently it was a positive test on another coach. So sick, fucking who? Kn- yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we've made that joke on this podcast or not, uh, but it probably won't be the last time. Nope. Okay. Uh, I say sick a lot, and you say literally a lot. Yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> um, oh man! But let's let's talk about the Bills Titans towards the end of the show. Um, okay. considering, you know, it is still in the future. Um, let's talk about what's in the now or in the past. I mean, how many, do, I'm thinking we can talk about at least this many topics today. Um, we'll probably go more than, or we'll probably think we've got more than that. I got more than that. It's a visual gag. Where's my Tom Brady picture? <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, let's seriously let's start with with the Bucks game. Um, 
Uh, blah, 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 blah. Bucks versus Bears uh, Thursday mm-hmm. night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, the Bears, you know, pull out another one. They're four and one. They're actually looking the like they're looking impressive in spite of themselves or like their record is better than what you would think based off of the stories coming out of Chicago. Yeah. So this is uh, Nick Foles' only second start. Yeah. In the Chicago Bears offense. Similar numbers in production. Uh, at least we're getting consistent between uh, the two starts that he's had. Mm-hmm. Uh, one touchdown, one interception in both starts. Uh, similar averages, similar attempts, similar yardage, consistency. And I would, I would argue that a certain future Hall of Famers quarterback's ineptitude in a very particular drive contributed just as much to the Bears winning as the Bears' offense. Yo, Tom Brady forgot how many downs he had. Tom Brady literally forgot how many downs he had left in the middle of a drive. And then, like, four, we were on fourth down. Yes, this many? Um, we, were on, we were on fourth down, dude. Uh, so, uh, always, like, the game, besides that, relatively unremarkable. Uh, but it does beg the question, is Tom Brady just old or concussed? Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's something we've been mulling basically since that happened. Yeah. And I think, isn't avocado ice cream supposed to be good for the memory? So maybe it's not that. Maybe it is the, I don't know, 20 years of getting into car crashes. Yeah, maybe he should do the Gronk route and just have CBD cure his CTE for him. There you go. That's how that works. That's... So Gronk says. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Look at him now. Scientist Gronkowski. Yeah. Scientist Gronkowski. Look at him now out there doing literally nothing. Yeah. I mean, he's still blocking. He's still a good blocker. Uh, but I think Gronk's finally settled with on the fact that his role in this offense is going to be a little less so than his role in a... He giggles like a child. He does. It's kind of yeah. off-putting. It's like, bitch, you are gigantic. You're not allowed to make those noises. Yeah, you're 6'7". Quit cooing like a fucking toddler. Stop it. But, I mean, besides that, game's relatively unremarkable. Yeah, no, I mean, I mostly wanted to talk about it for for the Tom Brady situation, and that's all I wanted to address from it was like, wow, for a guy who's been in and won that many Super Bowls and is probably one of the like, oh, he's so great because he can recall every defense. Can't count to fucking four? Nope, can't count to four. Uh, It did that... And it kind of, like, begs the question, like, is not only with, like, Tom Brady's situation with his advancing age, because obviously, you know, he's human, he can make mistakes. It's just funny to pick on Tom Brady because, you know, fuck Tom Brady. Right. Uh, but are the Chicago Bears the worst 4-1 and team in the league? Uh, well, who? I mean, I guess the question is who else is 4-1, and but yeah, probably. I mean, it's certainly not the Chiefs at this point. Chiefs ain't, mm-hmm. Chiefs ain't the worst one. The uh, the Ravens ain't the worst one. Mm-hmm. Um, Browns. Browns ain't the worst one. Mm-hmm. Had a real bad first game, but since then, mm-hmm. the uh, it's for like minus the loss last week because obviously they're four and one because they lost to Indy last week, uh, which kind of losing to Indianapolis by the margin they did kind of helps solidify the point of uh, the Bears being one of the worst four and one teams in the league, if not the worst. Uh like they they never really beaten anybody 
act like convincingly, right? Or, and the 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 quarterback room in that in that team right now has been so unstable up until literally a week ago, uh, and even then. You know, Nick Foles isn't going out there and blowing the doors off the thing. Uh, I think he needs some time to get settled with the starters. Uh, yeah, I don't know how his performance is going to improve at all. But Look, looking at their schedule, I think Week Five is definitely their most compelling win. But yeah, their other three wins come against Detroit, the Giants, and the Falcons. Um, yeah, who, who at this point are all established as a huge shit show. And one of their teams has you know since lost their GM and head coach. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Giants are literally arguing with themselves, themselves being the Jets on who is the worst team in MetLife. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would say. Uh, I would say the Bears have certainly got something to prove. I hope you enjoy your record. Uh, it probably won't stay that way. You're gonna have to play real teams at some point. Yep. Sorry, guys. Actually, they don't. Looking at their schedule, the real teams they have to play are in their division, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're playing the Rams. I don't see much. Saints, who are kind of like, eh. Don't see much out of the Texans. Yeah, and the Saints. It's like the Saints, the Rams, the Panthers, and the Texans are like... And the Titans. Oh, do they play them? Oh, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Packers. Well, the Packers are in their division. Right. I was counting teams outside their division. Gotcha. Um, so... Dude, like, the Bears could be the worst 12-4 and team looking at their fucking schedule. Yeah, I... I have some sympathy for the Bears fans right now. Because it's almost like... Hold on, my headset's dying. Feel that. So, it's almost like it's the girlfriend that wants to break up with you but doesn't want to hurt your feelings. Right. But eventually it's just going to happen. They're stringing them along. You know they're four and one right now. They had an ugly loss to Indianapolis, and they got a hard schedule coming up. They could easily end up like at best a six and ten team. But everybody in Chicago, you mean right at now worst a six and ten team? No, at best a six and ten team. You think the Bears are going to end up at six and ten? I think they could easily go six and ten if they dropped a game to Indianapolis, and then the, they have to play the Rams, the Packers, you know, the fucking all these other. Right. Well, they are, they are obviously capable of losing to mediocre teams in the league, and then they still have to play the Rams, the Saints, the Titans, the Packers twice, the Texans. I mean, the, you, you think you expect much out of the Texans at this point, though? I was putting them in the "that's a free win" category. Uh, I expect a lot more out of the Texans now that they ditched uh, Bill O'Brien and put a thirty bomb up on Jacksonville. Okay, I mean, I would. St- I'm still in the gotta see more, especially because it was Jacksonville. But I'm no, I'm not discounting the who. Th- I'm not discounting the fact that they played Jacksonville. But that was the most, aside from some ugly stuff from Deshaun Watson. That's the most complete we've seen the Houston Texans all season. Oh, certainly. And I think that has a lot to do with the play calling. I mean, Bill O'Brien's gone. <laughs> this week was also the most complete we saw the Dolphins. But you know. I'm not I'm not crowning them champions or contenders of anything either. I'm not crowning them contenders. I'm saying they could beat the Bears. <laughs> if Indy can beat the Bears, the Texans can beat the Bears without Bill O'Brien. That's all I said. All right. Fair enough. I'm not say, I'm not saying they're the next coming in they're the like next coming of Jesus in that fucking in their division. They can just beat the Bears. Well, okay, let's I mean sticking with Indy on a pivot, let's talk about this week in your game. Yeah. 
four and one, baby. Four and one, baby. Since, four and one. For the first time since when? 1994. But really, for the first time... In the expansion Browns era. There we go. Ever. Ever. Let's, let's, I, I, you know, ever in some cases is a good thing to say. Ever. <laughs> so, uh, big stats out of the way. Yes, this is the first time the Browns have been 4-1. Uh, big dick stats guy over here. Um, another big stat for, for, like, another overarching stat. We're 4-1, and one, still third in the division. Yeah. Um, that divisional I, loss sucks. <laughs> I hate the AFC North right now because because <laughs> it's competitive. Well, because it's all like so. I knew if so, I knew if Big Ben came back, the Steelers were going to be competitive again. Well, he came back and they're fucking competitive again. They haven't been blowing the doors off of anybody, but they look like a complete football team. Right. And then Baltimore is still doing Baltimore shit. Aside from an ugly loss from you know Chiefs, the other you know great team in the league, who we'll talk about later. Uh, you know, Baltimore is still doing Baltimore shit. Pittsburgh looks like they're back to being, you know, a competitive force in the AFC North. And then there's the, the one year the Browns are starting to put some things together. We that we just can't get – I swear to fuck, if we get to the end of the season and we're knocked out of the playoffs due to a tiebreaker again, just like in 2007, I am literally going to riot. The, the – I will I will solo riot through Wilmington because nobody else gives a shit about the Browns in this town but me. It's a good thing you said solo riot because I was about to look up the definition of what a riot is and if it requires more than one person. But you know, I'll make my own definition. They uh, I'll have my own they, riot with blackjack yeah. and hookers. Exactly. The I mean, there's a Browns backers branch in this town, but I don't. That, eh, I don't <laughs> look. Blind faith is hard for me to tolerate. Yeah. And every year is their year, man. Like, Brown's got some diehard fucking fans, dude. And I feel them. I feel them. But I, I kind of have to look we at We don't need to talk Browns. about what you do in your personal time. Right. I'll feel them all I want. Sometimes I got to just look at the Browns with an objective lens on. And being surrounded, being in an echo chamber of Browns fans, uh, it's really hard to do. So that's what you keep me around for. Yeah. <laughs> to get outside the echo chamber. Yeah, you give me perspective and another team that's doing well currently that I can root for if my Browns decide to shit the bed at some point, hey, which it's nice. Still, still fucking waiting on. <laughs> Look, that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part of being a Browns fan, but also being four and one. I'm just waiting for the bottom to fall out because we're just conditioned. We're conditioned for that to happen. I'm I'm you know? slowly building this thing. I think it's I think it's called confidence. Um, and it's it's weird. When you when you look at another team and you're like, yeah, we're gonna beat them, we should beat them. Yeah, like it's it's some would call it a guarantee, but I want it in football. But yeah, we should totally beat these teams. Yeah, um, like I was coming into Indy like last week, where like this was a very winnable game. Two seasons ago, I would have been like, dude, Indy's gonna smoke us. Andrew Luck's gonna go out there and throw for a bajillion yards. And this year, we're also talking about like, different quarterbacks at that point. Oh, sh- yeah. Um, but even 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 with Philip Rivers, because like the Chargers, you know, the Chargers consistently every time we played them always just beat the Browns. So like even if you want to talk about the same quarterback, those are two teams, the Chargers and Indianapolis, where it's just like the Browns are gonna fuck this up. This was the first time playing Indian years where I was just like, you know, there's no reason why the Browns couldn't win this game, right. and then they did. Well, let's talk about the actual game some. Um, All right. 
I kind of I kind of faded and then caught a little bit at the end, but you sat and watched it all, obviously. Unfortunately, because um, <laughs> another you know, just like the Cowboys game, the Browns were trying to give me a fucking heart attack. Uh, so early in the game, we're moving the ball well, like very well, actually. We saw some hints of the Baker Mayfield from two years ago where he wasn't afraid to stretch the field. He was he was dropping some bombs on the offense, like throwing throw with, some, with some oomph, with some cojones. Oof. Yeah, yeah, he finished the game. He finished the game around the 250-ish yard mark. Uh, he got like 210 of those in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I heard he threw well. for 19 yards in the second half. Yep. So we're moving the ball well. Uh, Jarvis took an ugly hit early in the game, but turns out he just got the air knocked out of him, so oh. he came back later. I mean, um, g- uh, but, good. But <laughs> but that made me scared. Uh, we were lining up with some really interesting defensive packages, which I get trying some new stuff because our secondary is still hurting. Um, Sendejo's still a bum. Uh, there was a big miscue on D that led to the Chargers pretty much getting a walk-in touchdown off of like a quick out route or something like that. I'm sorry, the who? Uh, when they're in the red zone, or not the Chargers, the Colts. Philip Rivers is in my head. Uh, C word, so, C word so name. Yeah. So the safety was obviously trying to communicate something to the linebackers, uh-huh. and it just and then that of course Philip Rivers being a veteran, that's when he snapped the ball. So they had no time for the adjustment. Uh-huh. And they just walked it in. Uh, but that first half, you know, Miles Garrett was doing his thing. You know, Miles Garrett chopped up another, chopped up another sack. So now he's six on the year. Did he get a strip fumble? Uh, he didn't sack, get a strip sack, fumble, sack but fumble. he, but he, but he forced a pressure that caused Philip Rivers to throw and pretty much intentionally ground the ball while he was in the end zone, which is a safety crematory. <laughs> so and that's and that safety was huge because that put us up two scores, and that was in the second half. In the first half, we closed out the half twenty to ten. Mm-hmm. We were kind of dom- not dominating the game, but we were we were outpacing the Colts. Yeah, that's a that, I mean that's a solid lead going into halftime, ten yep. points. And yeah, and everything kind of in the second half, everything kind of got ground to a halt. Uh, both defenses really clamped down to where it became more of a shoving match. Which I was fine with until Baker threw an ugly pick where he just it was a it was a bad read and a bad ball. He uh air mailed it. He he put some height on it to get over the linebacker, but it sailed over the receiver. Um there was no real passing lane to speak of. Sailed over the receiver, intercepted. Baker's other pick, uh totally not his fault. He got hit. You know, we were playing without Wyatt Teller at the guard position. Mm. He got pressure from that side, hit as he threw. It just kind of lollipopped into the defender's hands. Nothing you can do about it. Uh, Landry had a couple of ugly drops, like right in the fucking hands kind of drops. The ones where it's like, we paid you millions of dollars, you don't drop those. Right. You know, especially when you're supposedly supposed to have some of the best hands in the league. And both of those drops would have bailed Cleveland out of an ugly third down third down uh, situation. Mm-hmm. To where we could have kept drives going and actually keep the pressure on the Colts to the point where the Colts were actually starting to look like they were going to get a little bit of a comeback going. Uh, then that intentional grounding happened. Uh, the Colts did have a run back, a touchdown off of a kickoff that kept them in the game. Um, that, but that that uh, that intentional grounding call put it up for two scores for us. Uh, we had a linebacker go out 
rotational linebacker comes in, first play with the rotational linebacker, he picks off Phillip Rivers off of one of the uh, – or it wasn't a linebacker, it was a rotational corner. Uh, corners were rotating, obviously secondary still hurt. Um, so Mr. Harrison Jr., uh, Phillips just Philip Rivers just threw a really shit ball. Uh, it was an out route that he was literally sitting under. Like, he was just sitting behind the corner, just staring at Phillip Rivers, like, daring him to throw it. And as soon as he did, he broke and took it back for a touchdown. The second pick was our safety got hurt. So Sheldrick Redwine came in, who was somebody I talked about in the preseason, as somebody that I liked as a rotational player at the secondary. First play on the field gets a pick. <laughs> so we forced two turnovers that stifled the Chargers comeback one put points on the board so our defense was able to keep the pressure on in order to keep the Chargers from completing their comeback because the way their offense was throwing the ball they could have easily done it Mm -hmm. because our secondary is so banged up but that's pretty much how the game played out uh or the Colts definitely tried definitely tried to keep it interesting which gave me fucking anxiety the entire time (laughs) because old old browns fan me came back and was just like they're gonna blow it the bottom's falling out here it is Mm -hmm. you know but the defense held up their end uh they were able the defense was able to keep the offense's mistakes from really coming back and biting us uh i liked seeing baker going out there and throwing the ball and having a lot of success throwing the ball in the first especially yeah in the first half especially with nick chubb being hurt and us having to um nick chubb's hurt Kareem Hunt, I still am. I'm still not sure if he's actually 100. Uh, he ran okay, um, but obviously with Nick Chubb out, we lost a very huge part of how of our identity that we were talking about. So I mean, you've still was, you've still got that boy Dearness Johnson to ice those games for you, though. Yeah, but then yeah, exactly. Dearness Johnson, who was struggling all day, comes out and just breaks off the fucking edge for 28 yards. He's like game blouses yeah just yeah it was it was pretty much a do or die if we get the first we win this football game and he's like no don't worry i got it yeah yeah you you guys seal the edge i'll just run around you no big deal and then that boy did gone um i think the chargers got i the chargers kind of got screwed at later in the game with a bad holding call don't care we still won you did it again yeah oh the colts yeah fucking i can't get philip rivers out of my head go away philly ribs um I wish I could so, quit you, Philip Rivers. <laughs> I wish. Uh, so Baker Mayfield took an ugly hit at one point of the at one point in the game. Uh, he was favoring his arm. Uh, fortunately, it was the last offensive play of the drive, so they were able to get him to the medical tent quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a physical evaluation. Uh, they deemed that X-rays weren't necessary. They were going to do X-rays after the game, uh, but he was still favoring that arm for the rest of the game. So they sh- very strongly turned to the run game, which hadn't really been doing hadn't been producing up to the standard that we have established at this point right understandably so because the colts front four nothing to scoff at and not having nick chubb is a thing you know the colts have the number one defense in the league. i was gonna, yeah i was gonna say statistically yeah. speaking they have the number one defense yeah. in the league right now yeah so it was it grinded to it grinded to a defensive battle in the second half of the game but Four and one. Send them ass. Sent them packing to Indianapolis with that big L. So, and we got some. We got. We saw some good things. We saw Cleveland recovering from adversity after losing our star running back and still having struggles in the secondary. Interesting stats from this game, though. Uh, after this game, Miles Garrett has caused 
solo has caused eight turnovers off of just his pressures. That's not counting his his strip sacks. Is that this year? This year alone. Damn. Eight turnovers off of just his pressure. I think that might because, be more turnovers than the Bills have. Yeah. Because he forces he forces the he forces he's been forcing the quarterback to make ugly throws by just being in his face. And I noticed something that Miles Garrett does last week that continued this week is even if the blocking is okay the pass pro is okay Mm -hmm. and the ball gets out on time if he's close to the quarterback he just reaches out and touches him just to remind the quarterback that he's there i'm here buddy (laughs) a split second later and i would have had your ass you know just keep keep that keep miles garrett in the back of my mind in the back of your mind speed that clock up a little bit yeah you might want to you might i'm getting closer you need, a, you, need a fr- you need a fresh wind on that bitch because I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make sure so, them springs are tight. <laughs> so Miles Garrett solo has caused more interceptions than, as you mentioned, some teams have for their entire secondary. Yeah, Cleveland still the number one scoring defense and ne- number number one turnover defense in the league. And Miles Garrett still leads the league in sacks. I want to know how many defenses Miles Garrett has more turnovers than. Uh, we'll look at it. Mm. We'll. We'll we'll roll through it. Um, but besides that, man, like the first half looked clean. I wish we saw that throughout the entire game. But even when it didn't, and both defenses started clamping down and shit started turning ugly, we were able to compete against diversity and get that dub and send the Colts back to fucking Indianapolis with a big old fat L. Just checking. So Did can... you say diversity or adversity? Uh, both. Let's not compete against diversity. Anyways, adversity. Yeah, I know. We're good with words yeah. here at Fourth and Wrong. Yeah. Um. Good with words. Anything? Um, anything else we got to talk about from this game? Uh, fucking. We got to clean up drops. We got to clean up the passing game if we're going to utilize it more. Um, it was really good to see Hollywood Higgins back out there. Hollywood. Uh, and then. Uh, Hollywood you know, Higgins. Fucking, Baker Mayfield gives him a laser in the end zone as like a as a welcome back present. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, yeah, a uh, Kareem Hunt had a nasty fucking touchdown catch too. Mm-hmm. Where and that's the one thing that I like, even though we're struggling, we struggled in the run. Just having Kareem Hunt in the field, just because he's so versatile, it poses a different kind of threat than having Nick Tum- Nick Chubb out there. So we might not be able to rely strictly on that you know smash mouth ground and pound style of football. But when you get when you get Kareem Hunt out there in space, Kareem, there, there's sorry, go on. Pretty sure that there's very there's very few in the league that can do what he can with a football with one or two people in front of him and open space. Yeah, you can either bounce him to the outside just as a regular running back, or mm-hmm. throw his ass in the slot and just get him something quick. And, yeah. and you know, and we saw we saw a lot of that motion too, where they would motion him out into the slot. You know, and it pulls it pulls a defender out of the box because somebody's got to cover him. Yeah, he becomes <laughs> he, he becomes a matchup problem just on his own because yep. he's like, okay, well, you can either stack against me or somebody's got to go like, or now your linebacker who you were trying to stack the box with has to you know cover me. Right, and good it, luck. There was, yeah, exactly. There was, and the perfect example was this touchdown catch. Uh, it was in the red zone. Baker got pressured, gets out of the pocket, and he's going for, he's going through his his scramble progression. And then I guess he just needed to remind himself how, how high Kareem Hunt can jump. Uh huh. Saw that the linebacker wasn't reading Baker; he was reading Kareem, and puts it like three feet over the linebacker's head, 
and Kareem Hunt just goes up and just goes, man. <laughs> uh, and it was in motion, in motion. Nobody would – the amount of trust that Baker has in his receivers to make catches like that, because at full speed, nobody would make that throw because he wasn't open. You know, he was smothered. Does Baker have a big trust in his receivers? Uh, I know he had big trust in Kareem Hunt. Big trust. I, I wouldn't have thrown that ball. Woo-woo. <laughs> Woo-woo. <laughs> Um. Any other notes? No, that's pretty much it. Cool four and one. Miles Garrett's a monster. Hey, what? What you doing? Welcome to the four win club. Yeah, it's pretty nice here early. Yeah, it's all right. We got we got plenty we got plenty of room. Can uh, I just look? Just please don't let the bottom fall out. I will cry. <laughs> well, then we'll be back to normal podcasts at the very least. Oh, Odell also had a ridiculous grab in that game. So, Odell doing Odell shit, too. So. Last week wasn't a fluke. He's still here. I think it's funny. I think, uh, I mean, for a little bit of Bill's talk right here, because there's not going to be a lot this week, because, again, we don't play until tonight. Um, I mean, it, you may very well be watching this or hearing this and the game's on right now, because I think we played seven. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, I feel like, like... The Browns started about about here in expectations, and the Bills started about here in expectations when we drafted our quarterbacks, which is putting the Bills slightly below. This is a great audio gag, um, and like and like, but the progression was like the Bills went up, and the Browns kind of took a dip. But now I feel like both teams are kind of like in year three with their quarterbacks meeting back at around the same point, where it's like, okay, Baker had explosive talent that didn't necessarily you know, show his second year, uh, whereas the Bills got, like, a little bit better. But now it's, like, all of Cleveland seems to be actually gelling um, and really finding their identity, and Buffalo is, like, kind of also doing it in, like, a very, like, sneaky way, where it's like, yeah, yeah, where it's like, hey, guys, yeah, we've just kind of been working away at this the whole time. Blue-collar mentality, motherfucker. Yeah, but we can't call it sneaky anymore. Like they're they're running that division, or one of the, and they're the. We have a two game lead. Yeah, yeah, they're the best in the division, and by record, aren't they leading the AFC entirely? Oh, uh, t- I mean, t- Baltimore has a loss. The Steelers are on. The Steelers lost a game, so they're technically only four and zero. We're leading by win percentage, but technically the Titans have the same win percentage we do. So I guess we're technically tied for first, even though yeah. Tennessee's only played three games. Yeah, so it'd be you guys, the Titans, and the Steelers. If we win, guys. if we if we win tonight's game, we will outright be number one in the AFC, except for the Steelers. Except for the Steelers, who are they're they're four and who are four and zero, but yeah, yeah. So in win percentage, we would be tied, but in total wins, yeah. we would outright have the division. Well, having watched all three of those teams play, if it was based off of point differentials, the Bills are they're way up here. I think so. Yeah, I mean it, they'd have to be. <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to double check them, but like, yeah, like oh. Pittsburgh. This is the first like since the Giants. This is the first two score game Pittsburgh has had. I think I I forget who it was. I think it was I think it was the AFC West versus the NFC East. Mm-hmm. I heard this stat: the NFC East total point differential is minus a hundred. The AFC West total point differential is plus a hundred. Mm-hmm. So between the two of them, there's a two hundred point differential between the divisions. Uh, that's ugly. Yeah, 
I think that I think that was a Rich Eisen show <laughs> I heard that on, but like Jesus Christ. Um, so for wrapped on the Browns, I want to kind of stick in your division a little bit. Uh, also because we were just kind of mentioning the Steelers. Let's talk about the Steelers a little bit. Um, I just okay. want to throw some stats out there cause I thought they were impressive. Um, also I wanted chase Claypool in the draft and he put up four touchdowns, uh, yesterday and that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Yeah. The Steelers, I, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger looks good fucking chase claypool looks uh as advertised i'll say if the bears are the worst four and one team the steelers are the quietest four and oh team yeah and that's and that's that was the thing i was going to mention is like so they haven't had any wins where they just completely run away like they played the giants week one and they smoked them because duh uh but ever since then they've just kind of they've been playing really chippy teams so one score win here one score win there this was the first time in two weeks that they won by multiple scores but they did it in such a like they did it in such an impressive way because they played clean football they didn't throw any they didn't throw any interceptions uh to my knowledge uh they had no issues with fumbling they forced turnovers on defense uh ben roethlisberger threw for three all three were to fucking uh to chase claypool uh then chase claypool tacked on another one on a rush so they are quietly like the hardcores of the NFL analysts are taking notice. Right. Like, I, I I occasionally get articles from like NFL.com and ESPN, like you know Pittsburgh Steelers. You know they're doing good, but like, but the overall, when was the last time we mentioned the Steelers? Exactly, and that's what I was gonna say. Like the people that do this for a living are noticing, obviously, but like your average NFL fan, although we both do pay attention to the stats. Um, your average NFL fan, it just seems like Pittsburgh's going over everybody's heads, mm-hmm. and that's a team to watch out for, man. Because like this is Ben Roethlisberger's revenge tour. Oh yeah, like oh, like yeah. he's he's like, hey, I broke my thumb, and then the team sucked. I am the team. Yeah, I worked out back. this off season. God damn it! Right. Like I lost weight. We're winning games. <laughs> I am <laughs> medium games. Ben. Thank you. Yeah. Right now, you know now they're four and zero. We are um, coming. For I don't that know. Ass. I don't know how much uh, home field versus away, like home field advantage really is a factor this year because of COVID. The one thing I will say is all three of their wins or three of their four wins were at Heinz Field. Chase Claypool uh, did say that even with only like 5,000 fans in the stadium, he felt some juice, you know, coming. Well, well, and that's what they mentioned in the um, in the Browns game. You know that the Indianapolis uh, Cleveland game was like the players during the mic'd up period. They're just like, "Yo, these like eight thousand people. They're trying to sound like eighteen thousand right now." <laughs> you know, so the fans that are there, they're getting juiced. Yeah. So I maybe that has a little bit to do with it, but I don't think so. Like Ben, like Ben's playing out of his mind right now. He put up a hundred and twenty five passer rating. Uh, the the running game, they're running by committee a little bit. Uh, running game wasn't great, but you know, there's not there's not much bad you can say about the Steelers right now. Well, do you want do you want to hear the stat that I saw that fucking blew my socks off? Do it. Ben Roethlisberger on third downs uh-huh. was thirteen for thirteen for two touchdowns and over a hundred and sixty yards. Bro, on third downs. Hmm. So. What you're telling me is 
they use third down to dial one up. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. If you're getting yeah, if you're getting third down conversions at that rate, that's a hard offense to stop. At damn near 100. percent I mean, because yeah, I don't, I don't know what their rushing side did, but Big Ben was perfect. And I think that's the perfect. I think Chase Claypool coming out and doing what he did last week is a good thing for receivers that are like the veteran receivers that are in the lineup, like Eric Ebron and Juju Smith-Schuster. Because as much as Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, has the talent to be a number one receiver, I don't think he has the talent to do it alone with, some, with somebody like Ben Roethlisberger and an offense like this. Like, if he went to a shitty team, uh-huh. he would be number one right off the rip. Sure. But in... If he was on the Bills last year, he, you know, it would have been him. Yeah. Like, look at every number one receiver the Steelers have had like definitive number one receiver the Steelers have always had and they were always a transcendent challenge you know like Antonio Brown before he went crazy fucking people like Heinz Ward you know people that are future Hall of Famers uh, aside from their off the field issues in Antonio Brown's case uh, I don't think there's any shame in pass by committee by just just taking people's attention mm-hmm. you know Ju- Juju Smith-Schuster requires your attention and it frees up the other guys. And Ben Roethlisberger is a smart veteran quarterback. If Juju's not getting open, he's going to spread the love. So, and, so for a comparison point, uh, Juju's closer to John Smoke Brown than to Stefan Diggs. It, yeah, in my yeah, I would I would argue that like he is reliable. He's a reliable target. He's a big target. And in any other in any other team, he would be number one easy. Like any other lower tier, I guess team, he would be a number one receiver easy. Um, I don't think I don't think Juju Smith's in a position where he doesn't have to be that guy, and that's good for him. Mm. I think that's good for him. I think that's good for that whole offense because they don't have that that big guy or that number one dude like Antonio Brown or anybody like that that's hanging over their head. Um, especially if you have the kind of locker room attitude that Antonio Brown brought, where if you weren't giving him attention, he was always pissy about it. You know, right? Um, you know, we we. Gone are the times of the Chad Johnsons and Terrell Owens. Owenses. Yeah. This episode brought to you by Club Tales. Club Tales. Sunny Margarita. Mm-hmm. I wish. Club Tales. Woo! Hit it up. I like free booze. This episode brought to you by Truly's. Specifically, Trubles. the lemonade edition. Seriously, like, though. <laughs> yeah, seriously, though. Like, I, you don't even have to pay me to endorse that shit. That shit slaps. Uh, let's stay in the division. I'm going to leave that in there. And then not do flag it. it for paid advertisement, because it's not. Yeah, do it. They ain't pay us. Nobody pays us. Nobody uh, pays us. <laughs> well, our jobs do, but it's true. Uh, let's stay in the division. Talk about uh, Cincinnati for a second. Yeah, let's finish because... off your division. Yeah. Let's go game. Well, Listen, how about we change up the format and go game by game through the entire league? Wouldn't that no, be fun? No, 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 no. The only reason I want to bring up Cincinnati is because of an interesting stat. Also, we were both sort of keeping eyes on the game while we were watching what? other stuff. We were both sort of keeping eyes on that game while watching other stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though we gave uh, up on that, moved to the Jets Cardinals game, and then we're ultimately like, no, seriously, we're just watching KC in Las Vegas. Like, yeah, what are we that, doing? Yeah, because that fucking game. Holy shit. Yeah, we'll um, talk about that. All right, yeah, go. So, C- Cincinnati, only team this weekend that didn't score a touchdown. Yes. So far. 
so far. We do so far. We've got we've got the rest of Monday, uh, which there's oh no, there was, and then they canceled uh, the Patriots game that got pushed, or else mm-hmm. there'd be football on right now, mm-hmm. on M- News Day, um, mm-hmm. on Bills Day. Uh, I am confident that the remaining teams that have to play can score touchdowns. <laughs> you got the Chargers and the Saints, and then you got the Bills and the Titans. So I'm confident, stamp it, Cincinnati will close out Week 5 as, as the, the only, only team, team that didn't score a touchdown. Um, Joe Burrow also averaged more yards giving up to sacks than he did for yards per attempt. <laughs> it's my favorite. That might be my favorite <laughs> stat from this weekend. Run that Run that one more time because I just Joe I, Burrow. I want the honey, yeah. the nectar to drip into my ears so that yeah. I can. Joe Burrow averaged more yards given up to sacks than he did yards per attempt. He gave up seven yards a sack and only five yards per completion. That's so good. That is, like, ultimately irrelevant, but really fun. Send that shit to Hembo. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have that stat. Yeah. It's like, yo, buddy, here's see, one for you. See, <sighs> you can get weird You can get weird cherry pick stats, stats from us, too. Yeah. We read into things. Mm-hmm. And we did that uh, in but, real time. Yeah. That was as we were watching the game, RJ was just like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> And then I I noticed the touchdown thing and I was like huh that's weird and we both wrote it down <laughs> the um it's that's all I really want to say yeah outside that of that uh, Cincinnati got waxed and <laughs> yeah, fucking I don't and, and I'm out of Cincinnati jokes yeah, ba- Baltimore took them to the shed just like they did the other Ohio team this season already yeah so since you brought it up since I brought it up. Let's talk about that Chargers game, or that fucking the Las Vegas Kansas City game. Yeah, let's talk about that other game that's from the future past. No, yeah, yeah. yeah let's talk about um, the Raiders. Yo, are the Raiders kind of nice? Uh, Derek Card looked like a dude in that game. Like he looked, he looked like a guy. Uh, yeah, Derek and Josh Jacobs and, and Josh Jacobs like just doesn't give a fuck what you yeah. have to say about where the line of scrimmage is. <laughs> right, Josh Jacobs like statistically like didn't play great, but like man, watching him run, like actually watching him run, he runs like a pissed off animal. Like he, yeah, f- he is mad. Yeah. That is a mad boy. Fucking and Derek Carr was dropping shit in buckets, buckets. all day. Like he was the arc. That he was putting on some of these balls just to squeeze it into coverage. It was it was impressive, man. Joe Gr- or John Gruden had the pl- they had the game plan for Kansas City, which was score faster than them. Yep. Well, and and sit on the ball. Yeah, and then when you do have the ball, yeah, the time of the time of possession discrepancy between the two teams was actually pretty impressive given the score. Uh, you know, it was forty to thirty-two. Vegas, you know, outscores Kansas City sixteen to eight in the last quarter in order to uh, take home the W. And Vegas you, and Vegas had the ball for ten more minutes. Exactly. If you look at the time of possession, they just held on to the fucking ball and did it in a way where they were still cor- scoring quickly when they needed to. And it was, man. I mean, we've said it twice in two different weeks. Of Kansas City, this is the most human Kansas City has looked. It gives me hope. They look beatable. Yeah, they look beatable, and like it also reaffirms the fact that the Chargers 
Or not the Chargers. Why do I keep saying the Chargers? The Raiders. The Raiders. They are no slouch. Like, look at their two losses. They lost to the Patriots, who are deceptively good, and they've lost to the Bills. You know, who are beat... who are apparently just good. Yeah, the Bills are just good this year. You know, they had a, a close win to the Panthers, and then they beat the Saints by multiple scores. And then they came out and beat the Chiefs by eight. And we play them this year. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I have to I have to play both of these teams. Yeah. So we Man, the Raiders look nice. That whole that division just got interesting. See here so so if you look at the if you look at the play by play, it was very much a game of the first half. Um mm-hmm. on a lot of these drives. Like it was twenty four twenty four at the half. And yeah. then and then the defenses were like, Oh shit, we should do something. Um, because starting the third quarter was punt, 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 punt. Um, but it was, it was one of these games where like the Raiders, a kind of put it away, but never felt like they were blowing them out, but also still felt like very steady in it the whole time. It was just like, it was just like, we're going downfield. We're scoring points. We're going downfield. We're scoring mm-hmm. points. It's like you can score points back, but we're but like we can also yeah. do this. Yeah, and it made like it. It makes me genuinely feel because the the Raiders can hang with the Chiefs the way they did. It makes me feel like the AFC West is not a gimme for the Chiefs this season, and that gives hope to me and to you having to have to play both of these teams. The, both of these teams. Um that they're they're beatable by good football teams uh the raiders the raiders were one of those teams that i put in the same catalog as like the browns this season where they're discovering an identity there's you know their pieces the pieces have only been there for two seasons and the browns case only one really with the coaching staff you know john gruden has not been with the raiders that long yeah back to back to year two with the raiders yeah he's he's this is only a second year with the raiders uh everything looked this was the game where i felt like watching the raiders everything clicked like Mm -hmm. really clicked because they were playing arguably one of the best offenses that we've seen in the NFL in the last five, 10 years. And it didn't matter. The chiefs were still putting their points up, but the Raiders kept their foot on the gas, except for that defensive slowdown we had in the third quarter, both teams were still trying. And then the Raiders were still able to score and just really grind this game away. Like that was where Josh Jacobs is ugly running really benefited because like he only had three yards an attempt but if they needed him on a, on a third and six he would just keep the drive going yep. just keep the drive going keep the legs turning and keep the drive going and they were just able to grind that clock down to where there's nothing left the chiefs could do at the end of the game it was very fun football to watch it was sort of a and and on the raiders side like in them building their lead against kansas city it was kind of to quote uh, the the surprisingly annoying Charles Davis, um, yeah. oh god, I forgot all about Charles Davis. Um, he did he did have one quote uh, that works for the Raiders, which is, um, "If we're even, we're leaving." Yeah, and it seemed like Kansas City struggled to keep it even, and the Raiders were taking that and running with it. Mm-hmm. You know, a prime example being Henry Ruggs. Uh, putting up 118 yards on two catches, and he was only targeted three times. Yeah, and like a touchdown. And and unlike the Eaglears, um, <laughs> Nelson Aguilar with uh-huh. 
two targets, two receptions, 67 yards, and also a touchdown. So Yeah. And Derek Carr, Derek Carr put up just as many, uh, well, actually technically seven more, put up just uh, put up a very similar performance to Patrick Mahomes on 12 fewer attempts. Mm-hmm. If you look at the targets, uh, even watching the game, if you look at the targets, there were, he wasn't force-feeding anybody. You know, Especially not uh, Zay Jones. Especially not Zay Jones. <laughs> Ruggs was two receptions on three targets. Aguilar was two on two. Uh, Derek Wall, or Darren Waller was five on seven. Hinfro one to one, Jalen Richards four to five. Like he was, he was sitting back in the pocket or on the move occasionally and finding his targets, finding his open receivers. Yep. Pat Patrick Mahomes was playing, had to play scared a lot. That's the most I've seen Patrick Mahomes run around the field this season. Period. And defense uh, was getting after him. Yeah, they were getting after him, and that it reflected. It reflected heavily in that game with the stability that the Raiders were able to develop on offense, keeping the ball, grinding the clock, finding targets, decent run game that was supportive, that was complementary to the pass game versus the Chiefs that had to play, that were playing fast and loose, it felt like. And also, uh, speaking of their rushing game, this is something that I was talking uh, to you about, which is, is the rushing game not coming together the real reason that the Chiefs kind of look human? And I... You know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire hasn't done shit since week one. Yeah, week one he puts up 135-plus mm-hmm. yards, and since then he's had like 100... Well, yeah. he he had like 300 yards going into this game, so since week one he had like doubled his totals. But, yeah. I mean... He, now, I don't... I, I, he still had a decent average. Uh, I felt like they probably... The Chiefs could have benefited maybe handing off the ball to him a little bit more. Let him get the juices flowing a little bit. Um, but it definitely felt like... It definitely feels like Quiet Edwards-Alaire, as, as talented as I still think he is, and I'm sure you agree, I don't feel like he's making enough impact on that offense. And it might be a little bit of Andy Reid not giving him... It might be... The, yeah, it might be scheme. It might yeah. be... Just how they're we, feeling week to week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because we didn't see, uh, you know, we didn't see, like, so statistically they had 20 total attempts right. at rushing the ball, 10 of which were Clyde Edwards Alaire. Six were from Patrick Mahomes, and all of those were scrambles. Yep. So if you take his scrambles out, they only ran the ball 14 fucking times, and Patrick Mahomes stood back and threw it 43 times. 43 times. If I have a running back that's averaging four yards a carry, I'm not throwing the ball 43 times. No, you should the fucking ball off. Yeah, you should probably try and get it to him a little bit more. But again, that's yeah. the problem when the other team's sitting on the ball with like you know a true. Yeah. I mean, okay, it's early. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire has five games under his belt now, total including mm-hmm. this one. Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. has a full season at least, uh, yeah. and they're different fucking animals to begin with. Yeah. Like, but but there's a pretty significant difference in the play styles when it comes to, or not the scheme styles between the team, when they literally they almost doubled the entire. Their, so if you take out Patrick Mahomes' scrambles, uh-huh. they almost doubled the Chiefs' entire rushing attempts with a guy with just Josh Jacobs. Yeah, yeah, and then you throw in Devontae Booker in there as a wild card who was who snaps off you know who like a change of pace back right and then snaps off a 43 yard run and you know 
which was pretty much the entirety of his performance because he only had 20 yards after that, or 20 yards in general that weren't that 43-yard run. But you're able to do a little bit of change of pace with the run game, keep Josh Jacobs' wheels running, and then Derek Carr finding targets. Now the Chiefs are playing fast and hot because they, even though the game was tied at half, they feel like they're behind because yeah. they're behind on the clock. So every single time the Raiders scored slowly, they had to come back and score quickly in order to compensate, and they it made them play really ugly football. Yeah, yeah. Like the Raiders got lucky to get together and tie it up at the end, but then the Ra- or, uh Kansas City rather was lucky to tie it up right before halftime. But then the Raiders got the ball immediately in the second half, so like you know Kansas City sort of immediately on that back foot again. Now, yeah. granted, they forced a three and out, but you know even still. momentum momentum's a big thing in these games yep and it was like i said like really fun football to watch that was some old school shit from from john gruden grind out clock and score when you can yeah you know and it was funny because it was the early game where you were like i gotta watch this divisional thing and i was like i'm gonna watch like the chiefs and the raiders just in case just in case we played this team last week and we got to play that other team a week from now yeah as you kept mentioning shit was happening in the game so i brought it up on my second screen and then the cincinnati game went exactly how i expected it to so i was like i'm fuck since i'm gonna watch this yeah (laughs) this is actual football cincinnati man just just to go back to cincinnati for a second just for a second they're gonna get joe burrow killed oh yeah he did like he took he took seven sacks that game Mm mm-hmm it was unwatchable. The Cincinnati Bengals were unwatchable. It's going to be Andrew Luck 2.0. Yeah, like, exactly. He's going to retire early. He's Like, that dude's going to die. It's why if I yeah. was a GM, I would just take, like, a I would just take like a journeyman quarterback. I would take a Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. and then just fucking spend a couple years building an offensive line around him mm-hmm. and then just fucking get rid of the guy. Yeah. That, and, that then, is... and then suck for a year. Yeah, that is... Because Fitzpatrick is... will fuck around and win games on you. Occasionally, he'll just be like, oh, yeah, I am the best journeyman quarterback. Here's 43 points, and that's our Miami coverage for this week. (laughs) There it is. Uh, Fitzmagic showed up. Yeah, uh, that's one of the few times, or that's like the 50-50 split I have when it comes to, like, starting rookie quarterbacks versus not starting them. If you don't have a way to protect your rookie, never start your rookie. You're going to tank their confidence. They're going to get beat up and down that fucking sideline. Even... even if the way to protect that rookie quarterback is to just have a running back to hand it to. Yeah. And like, it's like, you've got Joe Mixon, but like we've talked about, does Joe Mixon look elite? Not in that game. Yeah. So. Or ever this season. <laughs> but but yeah, you, you had a couple more points. I mean, you're going to get him killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. Like, just fucking... Somebody, somebody save that poor man. Because I have no, I have all the confidence in the world Joe Burrow can ball. Because he's still going out there and trying to make some goddamn throws. The dude's tough. Uh, he grew up in the Rust Belt. He's from Ohio. Like, he's used to playing when it's cold and shitty. Like, just get that man some protection before he dies. Like, And, and like even when he was the, at LSU, you don't throw 60 touchdowns, like, on accident. Yeah, he, he won a national championship in a tough conference having to play you know alabama and the like yep uh but that kind of that kind of rolls us into the next thing i wanted to talk about um cincinnati being existing and andy dalton not being with that team oh yeah um let's talk about some cowboys yeah first of all uh i'm glad uh for people that don't know dak prescott literally broke his ankle in that cowboys game like feet Um, feet go like this but his was like 
Yeah, it was, it was confirmed to be a compound fracture, and for people that don't know what that is, that means the bone is through the skin. Okay. Um, surgery went well. Swift and speedy recovery to Dak Prescott. On the other hand, Andy Dalton came in through 9 for 11 for 111 yards. Yep. And led the Cowboys to a miraculous... Well, I want to say miraculous. It's it's the Giants, so we'll temper expectation. But led them to a comeback. And looked good doing it. Because guess what? The Red Rifle was a decent quarterback if you put an offensive line in front of him. You know what? I... I... <laughs> I think I think the NFC East by I think by Dak breaking his ankle the NFC East just determined who won the NFC East. Mm, what do you mean? I think Andy Dalton's going to come in and is going to have that team not playing from behind and not putting up garbage time stats and instead just winning games. Yeah, I think I think somebody like Andy cuz I mean if you look back at Andy Dalton's history in the league he took Andy fucking Dalton, Cincinnati to the playoffs a, a billion times. Like, <laughs> like they, during the height of Andy Dalton's career, they were a perennial playoff team in the AFC North. It wasn't the Steelers. It was Cincinnati. It was always Cincinnati and the Steelers beating each other over to death over the head for that division. Um, the moment Ray Lewis retired, all bets were off. Yeah. It, know, it was um, the weird thing about Cincinnati where they were like simultaneously a joke and like still in the playoffs. So, like, people seem to forget, like, Andy Dalton played, in recent history, Andy Dalton played behind some trash offensive lines. Oh, yeah. With no help around him. Like, they had A.J. Green, but especially in the past three years, you know, A.J. Green hasn't played a full season in almost three three years in the league. As far as I'm concerned, A.J. Green hasn't played games in the last three years. Like, for as relevant as he's been. Right. The... I think Andy Dalton is uh, the Cowboys getting Andy Dalton for what they did because they're paying him like four million or something like that. I don't even know if it's that yeah. much, but yeah, it's peanuts. Um, yeah, he was never he was never an MVP guy, but he can sit back and win football games. And they have still one of the best offensive lines in that division. He's an he's an uh, upper tier game manager. Yeah, and one of the still one of the better running backs, even though Zeke seems to be having a down year. I think that's because of the position they've been having to play out of, yeah. which is throw the ball a lot because we're down six scores. It's been, yeah, playing from behind. Yeah. So I I don't wish ill will on anybody in the league because it is a contact sport, and it is scary when people go down the way they did. But did Dak Prescott just ensure his way out of the Cowboys organization by refusing a five-year extension that would have made him the highest paid quarterback in the league at the time. Allegedly. To, allegedly. To be franchise tagged. And now he's going to miss the rest of the year, if not into next season. Um, because remember, the last time we had a compact, a compound fracture on a quarterback like this, that was this nasty, was Alex Smith, and it took him two years to get back. Yeah, and they're saying four to six months, you know, minimum. Yeah. You know, for like a good, healthy recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, y- uh... It's something that, you know, we had kind of talked about before the podcast uh, today because I just heard the news of how bad it was. It was like, okay, Dak got injured and um, and Andy Dalton came in. Um, 
but I didn't know it was that bad. And then when they said four to six, my immediate thought was that's the last time Dak was a cowboy. Yeah. It seems, it seems almost inevitable. And I think whatever, I think it, so the way I can, yeah, all right, we're going to, we're going to race each other this. Okay. You go first and then I'll come back with mine. Okay. So the way I think, uh, the way I think it really impacts Dak's career is, uh, pretty much what has already been previously said. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to finally put themselves in a position, uh, to where they're going to play, they're going to play angry and Andy Dalton is going to kind of keep them ahead of the sticks to where they're not having to play from behind as often. So Zeke Elliott is going to be able to run the ball more. It's going to re-identify that team as a run-first offense like they used to be when Dak was a rookie. Um, And even into the second season when they were starting to put more stuff on Dak Prescott's shoulders and the Cowboys were looking like they were going to go to the playoffs, they they always play their best football when Zeke is running. Mm. And I don't think... I don't think that offense is going to trust Andy Dalton with as much as they trusted Dak Prescott with because he's newer in the system, so it's going to open up those run lanes for Zeke Elliott. And I think because of that, uh, Dak Prescott is going to be coming back into a potentially playoff team that got there without him. Well, we also have to keep in mind as far as the team goes that it's, you know, it's the Mike McCarthy era, so kind of everything's new right now. So Andy Dalton is a veteran may actually come in with a little bit of mm-hmm. an advantage of yeah. you know being through more offenses. Yeah. If All- it was if it, if it was Jason Garrett that was still the coach of that team, I'd have no doubt Dak Prescott would get his job back as soon as he came back. Sure. But Dak's also not coming back this year, like period. Right. Well, yeah, even well I'm just saying even next year just because of Jason Garrett's familiarity with Dak Prescott. Now but- now, so okay, so here's here's where I think the big thing with Dak is going to go. Just to rewind to the is it, like is he coming back thing, um, yeah. I think this becomes the big turning point of um, if they do great under Andy Dalton, um, they will probably bring Dak back. If they do mediocre under Andy Dalton, they will probably bring Dak back. Mm-hmm. If they do shit and are suddenly in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Uh, and just continue to lose, they may keep Andy Dalton around as a mentor and just draft a quarterback and say, well, we did this a couple years ago, we can do it again, and we don't have to pay him shit, and so we can keep this offensive line around him and not murder a rookie quarterback. (laughs) Right, and that would probably do wonders for Dak Prescott's... uh, Dak Prescott's stock on the free agency market if the team does poorly in his absence. Because it's like, you know... Especially if they do... so. I will say one thing. Um, Dak Prescott, even though up to this point they're 2-3, and three, uh, Dak Prescott did a lot to keep them in games. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes against really powder puff secondaries, but he they made the plays when they needed to play, and Dak Prescott kept them in games. If Andy Dalton, if they still find themselves in similar situations, and Andy Dalton isn't able to keep them in games the way Dak Prescott has, I 100% agree with you. Because I think they'll go after, I think they'll go after a cheap quarterback in the draft um, and Dak, and that'll do wonders for Dak Prescott's, you know, free agency thing because it's just like, hey, look how look how much I was able to do with nothing, with the Cowboys for my short time I was there this season. I can do that for you. Let me do that for you. I think I might have to rewind my take a little bit. 
I think if they do well under Andy Dalton, it might just be Andy Dalton's team. Because um, I didn't realize Andy Dalton's only 32. Yeah. So he's he's young. I, I thought him more up in the 34, 36, like Rodgers range. Mm-hmm. Well, but Andy Dalton's only on a one-year deal, so they'd have to pay him if he did well. Yeah. And I don't, th- I maybe, don't think... Maybe he takes a hometown discount being from Kathy, Texas, or yeah. Katie, Texas. Right, and it's 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 Katie Texas's proper name, Kathy Texas. (laughs) It'd probably be cheaper than uh, Dak Prescott's franchise tag. So, Uh, yeah, certainly. I don't know. It's things just got weird in Dallas. But I'm just saying, um, Dak Prescott revenge tour. uh, You know, different state, different place. They're gonna get rid of Menchu and. Bring him into Daxonville. Daxonville, is that? <laughs> I remember you texting me. You calling it? Stamp it? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, uh, I'm saying, Andy Dalton has a good year. Either, either has a good year, takes them to the playoffs, and sticks around, and then they just find somebody to you know fill in the spot. Um, or he does poorly, and they get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and- and Dak goes to Jacksonville. And Dak ends up a free agent, and uh, Gardner Menchu, you know, sucks enough that they are like, "Well, this guy's on the market, and he's young." Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking, I'm thinking, Dak loses money on the deal overall. Well, maybe, maybe four years, 135 million uh, to Daxonville. That seems fair. All right. So since you brought him up so many times. Let's talk about them for a second. Oh, which one? Are the 49ers season over after Miami put up a 40 bomb? Oh, yeah, the Fitzmagic showed up. Yeah, Fitzmagic showed up. 22 for 28. Do you believe in magic? In a plumber's heart. Three touchdowns. Chuck it all over the field. It's a dart when it's magic. (laughs) Jimmy uh, Jimmy G got benched. Uh, still, right now, I do not know if it was because he reaggravated his high ankle sprain, which is very likely. Because high ankle, sp- I thought he came back really early for a high ankle. Normally, that's like a four week thing. You know what um, Fitzpatrick is really good at? Confusing me. Fucking retiring young quarterbacks. Yeah, he makes people look silly sometimes. These these second and third year dudes come out against Fitzpatrick, and he's just like, sit down. Like, against other veterans in the league, not so hot. But, you know, you throw a young guy against him, he's like, Amish rifle. Well he, well, he also does it to the fucking quarterbacks that are on the same team he plays for. Yeah. Like, he he put, he sent Jameis Bench, uh, Damus Winston, Jameis Winston to the bench. When Ryan... To a yeah to a tongue of Iloa, still benched. Like, when Ryan Fitzpatrick gets, uh, joins your team inevitably in the ex- in the next 18 months he will be your starter because something will have happened mm-hmm. man i ryan fitzpatrick that dude i love that guy yeah me too yeah like so you know that he ha- only... that he has to play for the patriots next and he'll take them to a super bowl because cam will get hurt and Fitzpatrick will be like, I got three games saved up this year. Yeah, and they're going to be for a ring, baby. <laughs> so, surprising statistic about Ryan's, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's never played for the Broncos. Oh, I was going to say two, two, <laughs> two dicks. Yeah, two dicks, never played for the Broncos. 
Um, which is weird. Seems like he's played for everybody else. Uh, he hasn't played for that many teams. Yeah. He's not. He's not yeah. quite. Um, yeah, I think. Well, he, I think name? he's only played for nine technically. And, but Josh McCown's played for like. That's who I was thinking about. Teams. Yeah, yeah. McCown's played so, for like a billion. Yeah, Josh McCown is like that quintessential bench journeyman, where people just bring him in as like a QB, a, a benchable QB coach, or as like that veteran mentorship that has to play just in case. Ryan Fitzpatrick is that boomer bust we're bringing him in here because if you suck he least he'll win us games <laughs> he will fuck around and win us games yep he will do that shit on he is the most literal pol- literally polarizing quarterback because there is no there's no middle ground for Pitts, fitzpatrick you get you, know, you get fitz magic or fitz tragic and yeah, there's, there's no a reason middle ground there's a reason why he's the Jekyll and Hyde at the quarterback position, and I fucking love it. And he's, like, curated a character behind it. Like, the fucking open, button-down shirt, yeah. gold chain, when, big beard. When like, he was wearing, uh, 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 Deshaun Jackson's chain. Yeah. <laughs> with the open, just, with the open shirt, yeah. So much fucking swagger, like, yeah, this dude is, you know, good for him, man. 37 years old, still out there slinging the rock. Uh, back to the question, though. 49ers, they done this year? Can we stop talking about them? Probably. I mean, when you good. when you put in uh, two different backups in two weeks uh, for your starting quarterback, it's not great. Um, and really, I feel like, I, I mean, is time running out for Jimmy Garoppolo is I mean, is he about to go the way of the Jameis Winstons or the Teddy Bridge? Maybe Teddy Bridgewater's a little bit closer. Like really, really promising career, ton of injuries. And what's weird is kind of what the coaching staff's been able to get out of Fitz, Fitzpatrick, even last season. Because like, so last season he played in fifteen games. He only started in thirteen. But it was probably some of the clean... It was still boom and bust moments, but it was kind of like the cleanest season statistically that Ryan Fitzpatrick has ever had. So maybe there's a little bit of magic in Miami um, that, you know, he might stick around until he retires and actually finish out a starter instead of the journeyman guy. And then you go back to, you know, the issue the 49ers are having where, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's either sucked or he's still hurt. Like I said, still don't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, who do you who do you play? So, I mean, that division, that division's pretty much open for the Rams just to like stamp their dick on it. Well, you got to remember the Cardinals and and uh, and Seattle are both also in that division. Oh yeah, that is true. That's a rough division. Yeah, both of the West divisions are kind of rough. Seattle's got to find a defense. Seattle does need to find a defense. Uh, we can talk about that if you want to. Oh. Uh... Yeah, it's on my list. Okay. Um, Seattle played a game last night. Uh, Balls were thrown. Um, DK Metcalf is a mean guy. With with a binky. With a binky. Mean binky, man. Uh, He's ruining children's birthdays uh, because it was Adam Thielen's kid's birthday. Uh, And while Adam Thielen caught two touchdowns, he did not secure the dub. Nope. And what a tale of two halves from these teams. Yeah, seriously. Uh, like, it, like the Vikings were consistent, at least on the scoreboard, they were consistent. 
uh, with how they scored. Man, the, they, the Seahawks got shut out in the first half, and it was just like, man, if Minnesota keeps picking apart this week's secondary, we're going to see the Seahawks take home their first loss. Nope. 21 points in the third quarter. What up? <laughs> yeah. Get fucked. Uh, I kept making the joke throughout the game that, um, you know, how's because Russ kept getting blown up in the backfield. Yeah, and, he, was, uh, he was getting door dashed because the kitchen was yeah. broken. So there's a reason why Russell Wilson has five carries for 50-something yards because he was also scrambling a lot. <laughs> Damn. Um, so I... Fucking up the omelet. Fucking up the omelet. Yeah. Right, so I made the joke. It's like, how Russ supposed to cook with his busted-ass kitchen? And then uh, he found a new stove or something. I don't know. Uh, DK Metcalf. Yeah, that stove's name was DK playing. Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he got a new sous chef named DK and then uh, Chris Carson busted off some runs too in the second half. That was just keeping play. They're keeping drives alive. Uh, there's a reason why Seattle's undefeated with the kind of defense they have. It's when that offense, they can just put up points. <laughs> yeah, when that offense gets going, they just put up points. Yeah, and there ain't there ain't a damn thing you can do about it. Uh, DK, <sighs> the, he's a scary man. Yeah, and he made some fucking catches in that fourth quarter. Um, you know, he made one catch that was a really interesting adjustment down the left sideline uh, that kept a drive alive that led to a, the eventual game-winning touchdown that he also caught in the end zone uh, on a fourth down, like, make or break, this is for the game fucking thing. Uh, and I kept saying, slant, watch the slant, watch the slant, DK, up, slant, touchdown. Um, it was... I was confident going into the first half or going into the second half as long as the Vikings were able to keep the pressure on the secondary the Seahawks secondary that the Vikings had a very very good chance of winning this game and then Russell Wilson said no 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 that's not how this works in Russ's house also uh Minnesota had the chance to put up four additional points which they chose not to yeah they left four points on the field like I don't care. Okay, so the the announcer kept doing this thing that was annoying the shit out of me. So, mathematic. He kept using well, mathematically was the right choice. So they had a chance. You you know to, why? Why what? Uh, why he kept saying that? Uh, because if they would have got that two point conversion, there was a hundred percent chance they win the game. Uh, because uh, he is a major owner of PFF. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, he was reading hard into his statistics. So pretty much it was a 6% difference between taking the point that was given to you. Well, given to you, you still got to kick it. Yeah. Or going for it. If they went for it and got it, 100% they're going to win the football game because that puts it out of reach. If they they just take the points, it stays even at a 94% chance to win. And then if they fail on any of the – if they fail on any of the – on any of the attempts – it takes it down to like an 89% chance they're going to win the game. Well, guess what happened? Russ happened. Yeah, they failed the percent, and Rush took that, uh, Russell Wilson took that 11% win chance and said, that's enough. I yeah. got this. You know, 11% means there's still a chance. <laughs> well, what's that? An 11? I usually have a 12, but I will make an 11 work. Mm-hmm. Well, normally he has a 14, DK Metcalf. Like, well, yeah. All day. Um, He's talking about the 12s. Yeah. So technically, according to the stats, the Vikings made the right call, 
go for it. But here's my thing. They also went if for it on a fourth and one deep in their territory when they could have kicked a field goal and didn't get points off of that either. Right. So. And uh, if they... If they took the higher risk play, the way the math breaks down in my high, my head is the higher risk only gives you 6%. When he kept bringing up the math in the chart, it mm-hmm. gives you 6%. Now that 6% brings the win up to a 100% chance to win. But you only gain 6%. If you fuck this up, you lose 15%. This is, this is you and your hardware ratios. Yeah, so... This is computer me, hardware Keith talking. Yeah, so <laughs> me, uh, there is not... If the risk involved does not outweigh the gain, or if, if the risk involved outweighs the gain by a significant margin, uh, I'll take the 94%, please. Yeah. Because that's still, statistically, that is still a guarantee. But I I hate using percentages like that's why I hate ESPN's like percentage to win thing in on their website. So you know you know who else hates that Atlanta fucking hate that thing. <laughs> I'm sure they do. And the reason why is because something we talked about on the show before. Professional football has the most parity in any sport on the face of the earth, and Atlanta of all teams knows that shit. 99% win per- percentiles are not a gimme. There is no such thing as 100%. That's why I'd never got that. Like, when it's like, oh, six, adds per- 6% to your chance to win, it's 100%. Like, freak shit can still technically happen. If they score on a play, kick an onside kick, onside kick, score again, guess what? That's not 100%, motherfucker. Yeah, assuming there's, assuming there's time left on the clock and everything, yeah, but yes. Uh, uh, which there was. Right. means there is zero chance they can win. And the only time that happens in the NFL is if the game is over. Like, or if it's something ridiculously obtuse, like 79 to 10 or something. Is that a scoregami? But if they can score 79, but that's the thing. Somebody call John Boyce. Yeah, right. If somebody can score 30 points at the half, then so can the other team. You know, nothing is ever a gimme. If the Vikings can score quick... So can Seattle, and vice versa. So, the 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 technically he made the right choice because the math made sense. Yeah, but was it the right football choice? You know, there's a reason why Moneyball doesn't work in the NFL. It's not. There are stats in the NFL. Well, there's also people are, like Ik Inampali that'll punch Geno Smith in the jaw, and you can never predict that. You can never predict that. <laughs> you can't predict the human element of football. Yeah, just saying. And then their ex-coach picking up the linebacker because he's like, yeah, you punched that dude in the jaw. Get on my team. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fucking miss the Rex Ryan era. Not the record. Just, you know. Just Rex Ryan it was, being an animal. <laughs> I enjoy that man. He's ridiculous. Yeah. All right, so we've kind of covered the games through the weekend, unless you had anything particular that jumping out at you. Uh, not really. I just got some random odds and ends. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's plow through those now, then. Sure. Uh, Dan Quinn got fired. Yes, that's right. Uh, second round of firings for head coaches and GMs, except this time it took two firings. Yeah, it was two separate people this time. But we're officially <laughs> on our second coach and second GM to get fired. Uh, so the Falcons, uh, Sands, 
Adam, former head coach and former GM. Adam Gase, do you hear that? Yeah, you're next, buddy. <laughs> that clock's ticking. You know, it still surprises me that the like now, I think Dan Quinn should have got fired. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it does. I don't think it does anything for the locker room uh, because Dan Quinn, unlike Bill O'Brien, kind of a respected coach up to this point. Sure. Uh, got him I mean, to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he's got him to a Super Bowl and's been competitive in that division all the way up until recent history. Um, but like, how is with all this happening? How the fuck is Adam Gay still employed? Yeah, that clock's ticking. Um, uh, I, dude, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Adam Gase, uh, to quote PFF, is an anomaly. Yeah, um, the footballs is weird. To quote PFF about Josh Allen, to use for this quote about Adam Gase, he's an anomaly. Yeah, he's a fucking alien. Um, also apparently blame Peyton Manning because he got Adam Gase's first co- coaching job and like got him his like put in word for his first head coaching job. So, yeah, well, well, the Manning family also has Danny Dimes and the Giants. So, hey, maybe he'll be in uh, the other New York team next. Also, maybe it's like, hey, dear sports team, my name is Adam Gase. Uh, This is how my accent is now. Um, Would you like a top five drafted quarterback? Because I can provide that to you. He'll start pulling a Ben McAdoo and like greasing his hair back. I will will ensure that your team is such shit, um, but in a distinct manner that doesn't look like tanking. Um but is certainly septic in nature. <laughs> uh, for all them royal pe- rural people out there on septic systems, we feel you, dog. Yeah, what up? Toxic Avenger. Um, all right. One more thing, because I found it funny. Okay, go on. We don't do humor around here. Yeah. Ian Rappaport. Oh, yes, I just heard about this this afternoon. Yeah. Suspended for two weeks by the NFL. Two for post- weeks. For posting a uh, an advertisement on his social medias, that Club was tales. not Woo. <laughs> that was not a endorsement for the NFL. It was a self endorsement advertisement thing. And Roger Goodell said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not in my house of cards." So uh, the rap sheet is currently uh, <laughs> the rap bench. Yeah, uh, the, the rap suspended. The rap. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, the rap. Man, fuck, dude. <laughs> Man. Per so, my sources. Yeah, per per my sources, uh, Ian Rappaport is suspended. Uh, my sources being everybody else that is now doing <laughs> Rappaport's job. Everybody he's uh, feeding lines to, to yeah, curry which, favor. Right, which is like kind of like my first thought. And then, like, I know um, some other uh, humorous sports talkers have also made the same point. Like, so how much information is Rappaport still responsible for? Because the teams trust him. The teams are like, no, that's our guy, not yeah. these fuckers. So he he still gets all the information and just feeds it out to his little, like, mini Rappaports. Per my uh, source's source. Yeah, per, per my <laughs> source's source. It'd be funny as fuck just, like, straight power move if, like, the last like the last day of his uh his suspension somebody just goes per ian rapport <laughs> yeah <laughs> they should just all start doing that now well something similar yeah. happened to uh to woge uh in the nba 
not that the uh-huh. the National Basketball Associations not that long ago. Um, Go Lakers! Yeah, congratulations on your uh, f- fourth win on three teams, LeBron. Yeah, and your fourth NBA fourth uh, uh, Finals MVP. I'm stumbling yeah. over it so much because this is a football podcast. We don't. Anyways. There's a ball and some sports. Yeah. So, yeah, Ian Rappaport's suspended for fucking two weeks. Um, uh, call it a quarantine. Yeah, that's a, that's some tinfoil hat thinking right there. Yeah. No, see, what happened is uh, the NFL's tired of all these COVID cases popping up, and Rappaport popped positive, so they suspended him. Yep. <laughs> Uh, you said there was a similar situation. Oh, getting to yeah. Um, uh, uh, there, there was a guy in the NBA that had something similar happen to him, where the NBA suspended him. I don't know if it was um, because of an ad, but uh, yeah. a major insider got suspended for two weeks. Um, but also, um, Chris Brown of the Buffalo Bills, their literal like reporter that works within the building, mm-hmm. um, was suspended. Uh, this preseason because uh, you know everybody was being super locked down with how their training caps, camps and everything was being reported um, mm-hmm. so in the opportunity groups um, that were yeah. being played uh, he at one point was like yeah these people were getting reps with them and da 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 which was you know against the Bills rules so he got suspended for like 10 or 14 days or something like that and it's like wow the Bills really went and suspended their like internal reporter yeah. What the fuck? But, well, at least he was suspended for, like, a work-related thing. Like, like Ian Rappaport was just trying to make a little Skrilla. Yeah. And it was, it, it was uh, look, it was Manscaped, okay? How sponsor much money... us. Please, yeah. I need some help. Yeah. Oh, God, please sponsor this man. Um, how much money were they actually paying him, though? Probably, like, like $80. Yeah, like, Manscaped sponsors, like, everybody. <laughs> like, cab, like, like, cab fare? Like, every sports YouTuber has a Manscaped thing. By the every... way, Manscaped, we will... Please. Please? I'm not... Yeah. I'm not saying don't sponsor us. I'm just saying... Like, how much ad revenue are they spending on Ian Rappaport? Let the man make his little bit of scratch. It it dwarfs in comparison to what the NFL is probably paying him just to do his job. Yeah. You know? So, like, what, what does it really hurt? Because, to me, Ian Rappaport is not... A direct, like I don't think when I think Ian Rappaport, I don't think uh, face of the NFL. You know, I don't think as as a direct representative representation of the agency that is the NFL. Is the NFL hurting so bad for money this year that they have to suspend their fucking their employees over bullshit to get some of their salary back? Right. Like, like what are you doing see, as a network? <laughs> yeah, you don't see like you don't see teams suspending players for getting endorsements that aren't the same endorsements that the team has, you know? Like like fucking how many progressive ads have we seen Baker Mayfield in? Uh enough. Yeah. Like is Cleveland going to suspend him because prog- it's not progressive First Energy Stadium? Like I, I that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, from a business standpoint, like, if anything, it gives, like, sure, to a certain extent, Manscaped would be piggybacking off of the success of the NFL, if you want to make that argument, sure, but that's what, that, 
that's an optic for the NFL, you know, and this is not a good optic for the NFL. Yeah, like it. It like, feels like they're. It feels like they're cutting off their nose to spite their face a little bit. Yeah, they're 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 reaching into somebody. They're reaching into a dude's pocket on his own time. That literally does nothing for you. All the NFL is saying is, well, we should get the manscape spot, not just him. And then suspending him for it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, that's so... Like, how petty? Come on, Roger Goodell. We thought we were over this whole suspending everybody thing for no reason. I mean, it's definitely Tom. It's definitely what? Tom. You asked how petty it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Obscure jokes. Got it. Da-da-da. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's next? <laughs> it was super Richard. Very Kyle. Uh-huh. Very Kyle Petty of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you have any other of your ticky-tack notes? Uh, nope. Want to move on to predictions? Sure. Well, let's let's quickly talk about tonight. Uh, well, the Monday night game. Tonight. Um... Michael Thomas is suspended. Uh, the second, oh, yeah. the second high-profile player um, that has gotten into a f- a spat, it appears, uh, and then been reprimanded for the team. The last one was Earl Thomas. Uh, he's still looking for a team. Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. may- listen, I'm not I'm not saying they're related in that way, but they're related. Change your name. Yeah, just stop getting suspended. Yeah, Joe Thomas didn't get suspended for fighting people. Nope. Be like Joe. Because um, you couldn't fight him. He's too big. Yeah. So he get, he gets suspended. Um, it was it was pointed out to me earlier that this was an interesting thing because it's like the second it's the second time this year that a conflict has happened and the higher profile player is the one who came out on the short end of it. Whereas a lot of times, normally you would think if two people are butting heads uh, in camp or practice or something, you know, it would fall on the lesser of the two players. Yeah. Now, this is something I've talked about, that we've talked about in on the show previously, is uh, especially during the Earl Thomas thing. Uh, fights happen at practice. I still don't see why people punch helmets, but they do. Uh, that was the other thing I was going to say, though. In this specific instance, though, evidently reports have been per my sources. Us, yeah, per per my Ian Rappaport's have been have told us directly. We're huge. Um, that Michael Thomas was the first and only person to throw a punch in that altercation. Yeah sucks that the high profile guy got suspended compared to the low profile guy but you started it you know yep and i feel well and i feel like it's got to be this has got to be like sean payton just saying hey listen we understand you're a top flight wide receiver but michael i mean michael thomas is still relatively young Mm -hmm. i mean third season you know, so like he's going out here and putting up gigantic yards and everything, but it's like we've seen teams get rid of diva wide receivers recently, and you know, Louisiana's known for some for some flash and some you know glitz, but mm-hmm. you know, we're still talking about the team that's got Drew Breeses on it, and it's like, yeah. hey, we're not we're not dealing with this shit. 
yeah, it's like it. I don't like seeing Michael Thomas suspended, especially because we haven't seen a lot of him this season yet. Because he's probably uh, not I, one of your fantasy teams. And uh, not no, not on one of my fantasy teams. Like I said, I only do week to week. So if they're not playing, they're not starting. Oh, fair enough. Um. Uh. The. But like, it's not a good look. You can't be throwing punches at your uh, at your teammates in practice. And like I said, fights happen in practice. Uh, but the moment you ball up a fist and try to punch a helmet, which, like you mentioned, don't get it, don't understand it. Uh, this is not a thing to be punched. Yeah, it's it's a big old piece of plastic and metal and covers the whole head. Maybe some body shots or something. Go low on it. Um, what, I, what I heard was the uppercut, because then at least you're getting there, but you got to aim it right or else you're getting, like, uh, the face mask. Oh, uh, yeah, you'll rack the face mask, and that's just ugly the whole time. Just look. Just nobody was. Yeah, nobody wears pads. Well, you can't do that because they wear those fucking things. Nobody wears pads on their ass. Just ass <laughs> Okay. I feel like we're getting away from the topic at hand. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening, donkey punch next time. That way it's effective if you're going to get suspended. Okay? Like, leave that guy a Charlie horse for like a week. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get suspended for fighting, at least do something. Not Don't the first thing your... I thought of when you said donkey punch, but again, we're moving on. <laughs> Don't break your hand on somebody's helmet because, you know, you couldn't contain yourself. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the actual uh, Saints-Chargers game. What are, we, what are we thinking? The Saints are not showing a lot recently, and it seems like Air Bear is only getting warmed up. What do we? Who do we? Who do we got? Let's make some quick predictions. Let's make some Monday Tuesday predictions and wrap this shit up. Ian, wrap this uh, shit up. You think he's free? Can we get him for the, like, sometime in the next two weeks? No, I don't think he can make media appearances while he's. Suspended. Oh yeah, because we're the media. <laughs> we could be, not with that attitude. Not with that attitude. Uh, not with that satitude. The, yeah, I take the Saints. Take the um, Saints. If Joey Bosa doesn't play. He's listed as questionable. Oh, that's a big factor, yeah. Yeah, um, because Drew Brees, uh, veteran quarterback, at home, uh, at home, playing solid enough football to not be. I'm not jumping ship yet when it comes to the Saints. I think Drew Brees still has enough in the tank. I think Drew Brees has always been surrounded by enough talent to where like him managing games looks like MVP level fucking football. <laughs> Uh, now we're seeing now we're seeing him leaning a little bit more on not Drew Brees because he's you know he's a little bit older. Uh, but I'm not I'm not. I don't think the Saints are out of the woods, but I'm not worried about them. Uh, I am worried about the Chargers. Uh, just you know Justin Herbert. Seen decent things from him. Seen good things really uh, in some of these games. Um, like I said, I have the capacity to be wrong sometimes. Justin Herbert can play football. Herbert. Uh, but uh, not having your marquee pass rusher to get in Drew's face and disrupt that offense, uh, kind of a big deal for me. And I think, I think, I think the Saints are going. I, the, that offense in particular is still going to have enough weapons, hmm. especially with Alvin Kamara on the field, to you know pick on and exploit that weakness. You know, if you can't disrupt the pocket, Drew Brees is going to dunk on you. So. 
these teams, uh, as far as ranking goes, are surprisingly well matched. Mm-hmm. Um, offense, defense, passing, rushing. The Chargers are twenty third. The Saints are twenty sixth in offense. In defense, mm-hmm. the Chargers are ninth. The Saints are fourth. Mm-hmm. In rush or in passing, they are nineteenth and twenty third. And in rushing, they are twenty first and twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. So, in a league of parity, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I think the Chargers will take it. I, th- um, I think Herbert uh, comes and shows out uh, and blows it up in a dome. Yeah, against a struggling secondary. Against a against well, the overall defense is great, but I mean, I don't know. I think they've got I think they've got enough, and I like uh, I like what I've seen of Herbert so far. Um, yeah. and again you're taking Michael Thomas out of the equation. Like, you're taking a number one option away from Drew Brees. But they've been playing without him almost all season. Even still, that's that's my reasoning. Yeah. I'm not saying it's, it's you know, going to be the determination of the game. No, I think, but... Yeah, I think it's good reason. I think you're saying this, this game could go either way for me. I think not being able to disrupt the pocket is going to play more of a factor uh, against the Chargers than not having Mark- Michael Thomas is against the Saints. Um, but all of the reasons that you named for why the Chargers would win, 100% agree. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is – the Chargers do have their star receivers, and well, the Saints secondary has been struggling a little I, bit. I, season, will say, so. I will say this. If you like the Chargers uh, to win, get on the line now because uh, New Orleans is minus seven. Yeah. No, the spread is significant. The, spread is, is significant. <laughs> the money line is significant. Um, so get on that shit. Uh, and then I guess we'll briefly talk about Bill's Day. I mean, today. Tuesday. Tuesday. The day that it is. The day that it is. Uh, we, we play the Titans on the, uh, I, as I believe I stated correctly earlier, the third Tuesday game since 1946. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's your other random stat of the day. Um... I I think unless Derrick Henry puts up 300 yards on us, we're going to kind of wax him. Uh, with potentially without Trey White. That is news to me. When did that happen? Uh, he's on the injury report. Oh, with he was he was listed two days ago. With like what? What are they saying is injured? Uh, questionable. Okay. That's, I mean, I th- I think we have another i don't know i think he'll play um as far as i know the titans still only have like aj brown as a wide receiver uh we play a lot of zone yeah and aj brown also questionable so so i mean you know josh allen's got a left shoulder i mean he's he's probably in um i'd be more concerned about john brown questionable uh, and to be fair, like the like, you know, me bringing up the injury report isn't even fair because like questionable just means they reported an injury, right? <laughs> and he, and they sat out of a practice. More more concerned so, about Matt Milano Peck out. Uh, that you know, more worried about yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty big. Um, I think Mac. I think I don't know if I said this last week, but I think Matt Milano is ultimately going to be a cap casualty going into next season for the bills 
Um, yeah, either, I think we think we touched on it. Either we're going to get him at a medium price, like, and get real lucky because he is uh-huh. injury prone, apparently, um, or you know, he's going to be another he's going to be another uh, Kiko Alonso. Um, minus the yeah. minus the really really uh, unlawful tackles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 in your camp. Uh, I think short of something crazy coming from Derrick Henry or just uh, Tennessee being able to find a deficiency in that secondary, which kind of hard to do. Uh, it's I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to blow them away. I yeah. think I I think the Bills. Now, granted, we are playing uh, in Tennessee, yeah, so it's back to back. It's it's a second back to back road mm-hmm. game. Well, that's why I'm saying I don't I don't think that the Bills are going to run away with this one, okay? Uh, because because they haven't run away from anyone this season. The Bills, as good if, as they've been playing, um, I mean, yeah, our largest margin of victory was ten against the Jets. So, yeah, yeah as good as they've been playing, and as good as Josh Allen has been playing, um, I think this team, although. Still one of the best teams in the AFC. Uh, legitimately should be considered a candidacy for AFC champion and Super Bowl breakout year. Uh, they're one year short of like that. They're one year short of that three score deficit dominance that we saw out of like other prolific offensive teams like the Chiefs last year or Baltimore last year. They're one season away from that, but. I think this is going to be. I think so. With that being said, I think it's going to be a competitive game. But I do think the Bills get it. Eh. I'll give them a touchdown. I'll 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 take the over on the spread. What is the spread currently? Like three and a half. Okay. Yeah, it's not telling me right here on this page, but that's fine. I mean, the other thing to look at is the least amount. I said this last podcast, but the Bills are an offensive team, and the least amount of points that they've scored this season is 27, and I can't tell you the last time I could possibly fucking say that. Yeah. Like, we haven't broken past 35, so we're still within that, like, one touchdown window, but we have yet to score less than 27 in a game. Right. This And this is a watershed game for the Titans, because they're 3-0. Yeah. But they're 3-0 against the Broncos, the Jags, and the Vikings. So this is a watershed moment for the Titans. So will the stage be too big? So the Vikings, decent team, not sure what they're doing yet, but uh, this is the first this is the first time where I feel like the Titans who are in the AFC are playing the top tier AFC talent this year, this season. Cuz they dodged the Steelers game or else they would have had one that would have been more defining previous to this. Right. This is their Steelers game until the 25th. Yeah. Where they go and play the Steelers. Right. <laughs> So, I don't know. I, again, I feel confident. You know, I'm I'm confident in the Bills. I I, I think it's going to be a good game, though. I, I think, think it's going to be competitive. I think we're going to go five and zero. Oh. I think Derrick Henry is going to find that a gap a whole bunch, though. I am going to say that. Jesus Christ! Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Look look for him to get 153 rushing yards mm-hmm. and like two touchdowns. But that Titans defense, they're going to have their hands full too. Yeah. Yeah, gotta, it's gotta, it's gonna gotta, be it's gonna be. Can you stop stop our passing attack versus can we stop their rushing attack? Because mm-hmm. fair assessment. Because I still like Poyer and Hyde cleaning up that secondary, not letting AJ Brown get over the top. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll see. Um, I say 
Bills 32, um, Titans uh, 24. Yeah, somewhere around that. For some reason, I want to say Titans 25, but I have no idea how the fuck you get to 25 <laughs> in football. Uh, three touchdowns and two safeties. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like they go football they, math. They go for two at some point and make it. If if football has taught me anything over the years, it's uh how to count in uh mode seven. Yeah. It's two <laughs> it's it's two two touchdowns with two extra points, a field goal, and then they try and get close late and convert a two pointer, twenty five mm-hmm. points. But they still lose by five, which means we cover probably. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that's what I got for football this week. You got anything else? Alex Smith played football again. Not enough love for Alex Smith playing football again. Oh, I forgot about that. I don't know how I forgot about that. Is that on my notes? Wow, that's not on my notes. Hey, Alex Smith played some football again. Uh, He was uh, awful. So that's cool. But he's also alive. But he's also alive. After literally having 17 surgeries and almost dying. He's alive. He's alive, and uh, he went back out in the football field, and I swear to God, I thought his wife was going to start crying and pass out. Saw that. Yeah. So, good for good for Alex Smith. Hopefully, um, Dak Smith's, or Dak Smith's, uh, Dak Prescott's road to recovery is not nearly as hilly as Alex Smith's, given the similarities of the injuries. Daxonville's real flat. He'll be all right. <laughs> Jesus. And with that, uh, this has been the 4th and Wrong podcast for this week, uh, for October 12th, 2020. Um, say goodbye, Keith. Goodbye, Keith. This is still almost a two-hour podcast. I did not think it would go this long. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Apparently. And none of it was Bill's talk somehow. Nope. Um, God, imagine if the Bills played a game this week. Imagine. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to look at the end. <laughs>